On today's show, what would it mean if Zeke Naji had a breakout year? What would that look like? What impact would it have on the Nuggets? We're also going to do the same thing for Peyton Watson and Christian Brown. This is Locked On Nuggets. You are Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Matas. Matt Moore off again. He'll be off again tomorrow and coming back on Friday. So I'm Adam Matas, hosting solo today from DNVR. Um, got a great show for you today, guys. We appreciate you making this your first listen each and every every day. We're available wherever you get your podcasts. Today, I want to talk about what would it mean? We always talk about players having a breakout year. I want to talk about what would that mean if they had a breakout year? What kind of things do they do? How would it impact the team? What is it that the team needs most from them to have a breakout year? And then also just how good could we realistically expect these guys? Even if we're looking at, you know, top 20th percentile, top 10th percentile outcome, what does that mean? What would that look like? I want to start with Zeke Naji, who is a guy who, me personally, as I'm going through the Nugget scenarios for 2024 and thinking about things, I think a lot about the starters, Michael Porter and Jamal Murray in particular, and what kind of leap can they make? I think we know what we get from Aaron Gordon, KCP, and Jokic. And then you go to the bench and you think about Peyton Watson as that key guy. We'll get to him in a bit. But Zeke Naji is also a guy that there's reasons to think he can have a major positive impact on the Nuggets, especially in the regular season, but perhaps even in the postseason as a guy that is just a new tool, something they've never had before, who makes an impact and helps them win a championship and maybe even elevates both their floor and their ceiling. So I want to start with some numbers here. Zeke Naji, he played 20 plus minutes just 11 times last year. And he played 10 or more minutes 37 times. Less than half of the games last year did he play more than 10 games he, or 10 minutes. He missed 29 games. So, again, more than a third of the season he missed. Those numbers are almost identical to the previous year. One of the things about Zeke that's difficult, and some of this is circumstantial, some of this is probably on him, and some of this is probably just the randomness of that caliber of player, but the numbers from his sophomore season and his third season are so stagnant, both in terms of the games he played and, and sort of the production, um, that I think it makes it more difficult to just project because we always like linear. We can see two dots and then we project where the third one is. With him, the two dots are in a you know from the last two seasons are flat, which means in our heads, I think we can we automatically go to well the next dot is going to be flat as well. But to start. You have to look at his career high in minutes is 33, 40. I think he's only played 30 minutes like five times in his career. It hasn't been that many times. And then 21 points is his career high in points. He's only scored above 21 times. 11 rebounds is his career high. And he's only got above 10 rebounds, I think, like three or four times as well. So when we talk about breakouts, and a lot of times we think about some big things, you know, big numbers or this or that, it's important to look at and say 20 minutes, only 11 times last year. You almost expect him to play significantly more, you know, in this upcoming year. I think Jeff Green played that 10 plus minutes in all but one game. So for him to do that, when he did it just, you know, 10 plus minutes, 37 times, he's going to have to more than double that and really double that like 15 minute per game every single night. Um, the key stretch for him, and it was really the key stretch for the Nuggets last year, was January 1st through February 4th. 
that was by far the best run the Nuggets had last year. I mean, that sample was more Zeke Naji. The Nuggets one extends, I think, even before that into December and maybe a little bit after that into the second and third week of February. But Zeke was a big part of the most memorable segment of, of that great stretch for the Nuggets. And he was a big part of it because it was a stretch where he played primarily, although not exclusively, but primarily alongside Vlaco Chanchar off of the bench. He did not play with DeAndre Jordan, and he did not play with Jeff Green a lot of minutes. You take those numbers out, you know, those minutes out, and that's what you got. The Nuggets had a 14-4 and record over that stretch. They picked up wins over the Boston Celtics, the Clippers two times, the Cavs, the Lakers, the Suns, the Warriors, and the Pelicans two times. And if you remember, the Pelicans were good at one point this season. And that During that point, that's when the wheels started coming off for them. But those are really good wins. So to go 14-4 and four in a stretch where you're playing those teams and to be as dominant as he was, you know, it's really big. And he played 16 and a half minutes per game over that stretch. He had unremarkable stats. If you look at the stats, I think it was six points, three rebounds, shot 33% from three. It wasn't like he was doing numbers during that stretch. But we all remember that stretch as being one, it was largely at home. And two, we remember that that second unit just defended the hell uh, uh, you know, out of the ball. They they did not allow points. They got out on fast breaks and they had, had an identity. I think over that stretch, he was a minus 0.3 net rating. So basically a neutral net rating, which as we know, Denver has the best starting lineup. If the bench, bench unit is a neutral, then the Nuggets are really good. So that's last year. That's our baseline for Zeke Naji. So if he were to break out this year, based on what we just went over with those stats, the number one thing we would say is that he would play 70 games. This is a big deal for Zeke. He has not been healthy for the entirety of a season. Um, you know, he has had moments where he has had, you know, nice runs, but he's never been able to stream together that consistent a game. So playing 70 games first and foremost is the most important thing. If he were to be in and out of the lineup, I just don't think we're going to be able to expect a breakout. He needs to have consistency because the Nuggets need to find an identity for him. I think he would play 10 or more minutes in every single game. I just mentioned that Jeff Green only went below that one time. I don't even remember the circumstance, but it was something strange. So Jeff Green was a guy that when he played, he played 10 or more minutes. Zeke Naji cannot be a guy that Michael Malone plays in one half and doesn't play in the other. In his three seasons so far, Zeke Naji has been a player that Malone has thought of in that way of like, well, let's see if he has it. And if he doesn't, I got to pull him. If next year, he needs to be a 10 minute plus uh, per game player every single night, no matter the circumstances, he plays 10 or more minutes. And that means that he shows consistency, which is the third item for me. This one's huge. Zeke has been a great shooter and a bad shooter. He's been a great defender and a not so great defender. And he's just had moments where you kind of feel like you know what you get from him and moments where you're like, well, this is a mystery box. And I think a lot of that has to do with who he plays alongside. But nonetheless, at some point, you have to take ownership and say, nope, I make an impact in these ways every single night. My shot comes and goes, but this is what I do every single night. And I'm extremely consistent at it. I think he needs to shoot 37% from three. I know the numbers. I know that in the past, he's had some crazy shooting years where he shot 50% on low volume. I personally think that Zeke is a better three-point shooter than we saw last year and a worse three-point shooter than what we saw in the first two years. The hitch that he had in his shot, you know, changing his shot sometimes, a lot of times when a guy changes a shot, especially a non-shooter, you know, it kind of gets broke before it gets fixed. Sometimes it gets broke and doesn't get fixed, oftentimes. But for him, I think there's reasons to say, okay, he has good touch. 
He seems to have the right work ethic, a guy that's going to get into the lab and really learn a new motion, a learn and really perfect all the little micro details. So I think if he can become a 37% three, a shooter from three, that's good enough, especially if he can pick a shot, a spot on the court. I'll get to that in a second. But can he be a 40% three-point shooter? That's the real breakout. If Zeke Naji is just a reliable corner three-point shooter, that makes things so much easier for the bench unit in the half court. I don't know that the bench unit is set up to be a great half court um, unit. Reggie Jackson having a, a, a bounce back year, a significant bounce back year would obviously help that. Jalen Pickett being able to be an actual NBA player and create an identity for that group would, would make a major impact. I think both of those things are probably less likely than they are likely. But Zeke Naji being a three-point shooter, from especially from the corners, makes that a lot easier on both guys or either guy. So if he can become a knockdown or 37% shooter is like reliable, you, you know, you still got to run out hard on him. 40% means he's a guy that you probably creates more gravity and opens things up. And he doesn't, you don't have to count on him to be running a whole lot of ball screens and stuff. He has a use and that use is in the corner. To me, that, that would make him a, that would be a leap year or a breakout year for him, especially at volume. And speaking of volume, he takes, he needs to take about three and a half threes per 36 minutes. It was about 3.1 last year, I believe. 3.5 is about what Jeff Green took. I think he needs to be around there. I don't think Zeke's ever going to be a Michael Porter just constantly firing him up. And I don't think the Nuggets want him to do that unless he becomes like a 40% volume shooter, which again, I don't expect. But three and a half is a good number. Upping the, the rate just a little bit so that he is a guy that that is consistently a thing that Denver is punishing defenses for. They leave him in the corner. Denver feels very confident with Boom. Like if you think about... Aaron Gordon in the corner, he can be open and Jokic will still be calculating is something else open. And if not, then he'll get it there. If Michael Porter's in the corner and Jokic is open, Jokic doesn't care if there's another option. He's going there. I think Zeke needs to be a guy that's more like the second group. He's not going to be like Michael Porter level of it, but he needs to be in the second group of, oh, he's open in the corner. I, that's a, as good an option as we're going to find uh, on any offensive possession and we'll get it there. And to do that, you're probably taking three and a half threes per 36 minutes, which comes out to about 2.2 per, because he'll probably play 15, 16 minutes a game. It's about two and a half, uh, two, you know, two, two per game, uh, two per game, basically, as he's played. I guess it'd have to be like 20 minutes for him to get up to two a game. I think that's somewhat realistic. He only took two, I think two. Oh, no, this is Christian. I'll get to the Christian numbers a little bit later. Um, he has to anchor defensively is where he makes the biggest impact, especially when we think about what does the second unit's identity, what is it going to be? The most likely identity, in my opinion, is that it's an elite defensive group that plays great in transition. They have good transition players. We'll talk about them a little bit more in the second, uh, second and third segment, but they need to be an elite defensive unit. And so for him, first of all, I think his best defense is as a shutdown defensive one-on-one -on -one player. More than rotations and everything else, I just he moves his feet really well. And it helps him in the pick and roll because it allows you to switch everything. And even against guards, he does a good job of grinding things out. So when you think about how good Denver's first unit is, offensively, you want to keep their rhythm going. I think Denver's going to have a hard time with that. Jalen Pickett represents the guy who most can like keep that rhythm. Reggie Jackson, as good as he is or can be, is just a different stylistic point guard that Denver's rhythm is likely to change when he's on the court than when he's not. So I think that it's pretty unlikely that Denver's offensive rhythm maintains for 48 minutes next year because they have like they're able to play the same style with and without Jokic. 
But defensively, I do think that unit can come in and take the other team out of their offensive rhythm every single time. Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, Zeke Naji, one, two, three, great defensive players. And the ability to stagger a KCP in there and Aaron Gordon in there, you know, mix and match who you put, even a Jamal Murray with size. I think that can be a really good defensive lineup. So number one, he has to be an elite shutdown defensive player next year. I don't think he can get like all defensive buzz or anything like that. But I do think he can be a guy that, you know, consistently has one of the best defensive ratings on the team because of what he does to the defense around him and allowing them to switch pick and roll. Offensively, he has to develop a go-to action. Right now, if you said, how does Zeke Naji get his points? You would probably just say spot up shooting. But it's not necessarily like you would say pick and pop. We think about a half-court offense for Denver. There has to be something that he does consistently. So when the offense gets bogged down, it's like, okay, we go to this action. I think it is pick and pop. I don't have a ton of confidence in him doing that right at this very moment. But if next year that became a thing that if you're like, oh, man, other team just went on a 4-0 run, walking the ball up, Denver has to go into one of their go-to bench sets. If you thought Zeke Naji screen and pop – you know, opens things up and the ball goes to him. You want to get to a point where you're like, that's a good option. He hits that often enough. So pick and pop to me seems like the most likely thing he can do um, that would be considered a go-to action. The corner three to me, you know, I was talking to somebody with the Nuggets about this, and it was actually about Aaron Gordon last summer. That was just pick a spot on the court where that's your spot, where you're elite at it. You want to work on your game all over, but when you're building the foundation of your offensive arsenal, Pick a spot and say, this is where I'm great at. I would pick the corner for him, but maybe it is the pick and pop top of the key where he just becomes deadly. And there have been players um, who are really good at this. Who's the German guy from uh, from Dallas, not Dirk. Um, I'm, I'm blanking on his name for whatever reason. They're like stretch five. Pick and pop from the top of the key. He's so deadly at it that it becomes a weapon and it becomes a thing. So picking a spot on the court and saying, this is my spot, this is my zone, I think would help Denver and help Denver's coaching staff build go-to actions that involve him. Dribble handoffs. The rest of this, by the way, I think are not very likely. I would say dribble handoffs, his ability to just make basic reads and dribble handoffs so that Denver can keep the ball moving would be huge. I think that this is the part of his game that I'm least confident in because to play the dribble handoff game, you have to really read the court well. You have to have a quick mind, not just smart and know the game, but you have to be able to read it extremely quick. And Zeke has not shown to do that. In fact, I would say that's one of his weaknesses so far is his ability to kind of read the court. But maybe there's some basic actions, especially if a Jalen Pickett type does start playing a great dribble handoff player. Maybe he's a guy that, you know, can bring that out, can draw that out of Zeke Naji to where he is actually starting to make some basic, not going to be Jokic out there, but basic, oh, cut, little bounce pass here, handoff, pull back, reverse handoff, now he's going the other direction and I get a screen, not moving on screens, something that Zeke struggled with. So those types of things. And then lastly, I think dunker spot offensive rebounding to me is one area where he can really improve. He has not proven to be a power jumper. You think about Aaron Gordon can have three bodies around him, breaks through and dunks it because he's so strong and he power jumps. Zeke Naji is more of a finesse jumper and that he goes up through bodies and then tries to like lay it up or, or use touch. And Against the more he plays, the more I think defenses are going to be able to contest those shots. So for me, he's really worked on his body. But if he could become a dunker spot, offensive rebound and putback guy, that would be hugely valuable to Denver. Denver's bench unit, I, again, I just doubt they have a great half court offense next year. But if they dominate in transition, we'll get to that in segments two and three. 
And if they can impact the offensive board, something Zeke has not proven to do, but he has the physical body at least to do it, then all of a sudden that unit has an identity. Defend, get in transition, and then, of course, hit the offensive glass. I'm going to take a second to tell you guys about FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets. Win or lose. That's 200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under or who you think is going to hit a home run. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. To sign up today, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. We'll be right back with more LockedOn Nuggets. Maxi Kleber was the guy, John. That's who I was trying to think of. Maxi Kleber, thank you. Uh, back here, locked on Nuggets. Don't forget, I'm hosting solo today and tomorrow. Matt Moore will be back with us on Friday off season, which is where we get to really do deep dives on players. Up next, Peyton Watson. I think largely considered, well, by me, the most interesting player for the Nuggets because the variance in what he can be this upcoming season is just so wide. Let's start with the numbers. I think he needs to play 1,200 minutes this year. I talked about this on a previous episode of Locked on Nuggets. Christian Brown played 1,181. I think Peyton's season is largely going to mirror Christian Brown's. I think, did I say Braun just now? I might have said just Braun. I don't, I'm off season, you guys. Christian Brown played 1,181. I think Peyton's season will mirror his. You know, Christian didn't play a ton in like, this, you know, November. I think Peyton is likely to play more minutes early on, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if, um, I wouldn't be surprised if he had moments or periods where he did not play a ton of minutes. Like if he went through a stretch where we were all frustrated because he was either not playing or playing little bits here and there. But nonetheless, that happened to Christian Brown and he played 1,200, you know, roughly 1,200 minutes. So 1,200 minutes is the mark for me. He needs to show rapid improvement as the season goes on. What I mean by this is his areas of development, in my opinion, are largely about playing time. He needs to be on the court. He has these tools that he doesn't always know how to, to deploy. And one of the reasons is, you know, he just needs more minutes. He hasn't played a lot in the last two years, college and the NBA. So he needs minutes and he needs to develop a consistent role and identity on the offensive end, similar to Zeke, but I think it's even more pronounced. Like Zeke is a low usage player. Pick and pop, I said, offensive rebounds, corner. Th those are simple things. For Peyton... They're a little bit more complex because I think he is a more dynamic player. And I think as the season goes on, there needs to be something that he does that adds a dynamic half-court element to the offense, especially when you talk about, again, Christian and Zeke, probably not those guys. Um, so maybe Vladko, a little bit of that, but not a whole lot. There probably needs to be a secondary creator of some kind. And I think that next year is unlikely for Peyton Watson but if he has a breakout year, by the end of the year, he is making that kind of impact. Number one, let's start with this. Peyton's best skill right now on the offensive end is that he's an elite transition player. He's got the physical tools. You know, he's long and super athletic. 
but also that he has like ball handling. You know, guys that height don't always have great ball handling. You think of like a Robert Covington or something like you never see Robert Covington in the open court, like crossing guys over left, right, finishing around guys or what have you. Peyton Watson, even at summer league, I mean, in the G league, he was a lead at this, but even at summer league, his numbers in transition were insane. I think he was like 15 of 18 on transition field goal attempts. He's a really good transition player. Why this is so important to me is because I don't expect them to be a great second unit on half court uh, in the half court, Christian Brown can defend Peyton Watson can defend Zeke Naji can defend Reggie Jackson has length. Jamal Murray has length. Uh, Pickett can be a good defender, like team defender. I think this is a team that is going to get a lot of stops and have an opportunity to run a lot. Christian Brown's good in the open court. Peyton Watson's elite at that. To me, Bruce Brown was great at this. If you think about the best moments of bench basketball for the Nuggets, like the back-to-back-to-back the -back -to -back dunks, we all remember that great call by Katie Wingy. That sequences like that need to be the identity of this unit where sometimes they play more on in aggregate. They probably are more of a net neutral type team every now and then they get outscored by, you know, eight points or something like that. And, and it makes it things tough for the starters, but equally as many times they, they go on a run and those runs are probably going to be where they get kills three straight stops and they convert on all three of them. Six Oh run two dunks or maybe seven Oh run two dunks and a transition three and three stops, other teams forced to call a timeout, make adjustments, you know, sub different guys in. To me, that's the number one identity. And Bruce Brown was great at this as a transition player. When people talk about Peyton replacing what Bruce brought, I don't think they're a one-to-one -one comparison. So I think it's unlikely. But transition scoring is one thing I think Peyton can replace of Bruce Brown and excel at and, and go above because he can be that good. Number two for me is cutting. I don't know how good of a cutter he is just yet. He's had moments where he looks great. And again, he has all the physical tools. Is he playing alongside Jokic a lot? If so, most players figure out how to cut. If you have the physical school, uh, tools, you could figure out how to cut and then finish through traffic. I don't even know what kind of finisher he is just yet. I, want, I need to see a little bit more of it. But if he's playing with the second unit, they need somebody to mix it up. I think Christian Brown's a good cutter, a very good cutter. And I think Peyton can be a good cutter. Zeke, okay cutter. Um, you know, Vlatko, a good cutter. So they have guys that are good cutters. If they get Reggie Jackson as a more of a facilitator than I expect, or if they get a Jalen Pickett or if Jamal Murray just, hey, I just need movement in here and I'll do my thing. He needs to be one of the better cutters. And I think that's the number two area where he can be an impact offensive player. Third most likely to me for a breakout season would be as a spot up shooter. I don't really buy him as a great shooter, but once again, Shot selection and picking spots or types of shots to me is where he can really excel. Obviously, these are going to be spot ups. Where's the spot on the court the coaches need him to really excel at and pick his spot, just like with Zeke? But number two, what types of threes? Payton's footwork is to me is very inconsistent as a shooter. And I highlighted some of this on Twitter during Summer League. There are moments when he does the perfect footwork and he looks like the next Paul George, you know, a great player. And there are moments where his footwork looks really rough and it reminds you almost of an Emmanuel Moutier where you're thinking the physical tools are there, but the fundamentals aren't quite there. This is typical for a player his age. He's super young. He's going to get better and better at these. But to me, this is when we talk about breakout year, his footwork improves as the year goes on and it affects his three-point shooting the most in large part because the best footwork he can work on is Teams are going to go under him on dribble handoffs. When he plays with Jokic in particular, they're going to go under on him. Can he punish teams in a way so where he's just working on, I'm going to my right, 
receiving a handoff from Jokic. Defense goes under. I stop short of turning the corner on the handoff so that the defender has to go around the whole screen, basically make a full circle, and work on the footwork to be able to get into your shooting motion and, and finish those ones at a good enough rate that it punishes teams. You don't want to take it every time, but I don't really see a realistic scenario where Peyton becomes a go-over-the-screen guy in year one, next year being year one. I don't see that happening. I mean, he'd have to shoot 40%. And again, that's putting too much on his shoulders, I think, with, with all the other responsibilities he'll have. But if he can develop that to where once or twice a game, he's able to take that three and the team counts on him to take it and he makes one of them, I think that makes a major positive impact for him. Especially when you talk about Peyton, as we get to the defensive part here in a second, if Peyton cannot be, if he can just be a neutral on offense, then he can be an even more important player to Denver, potentially even a playoff series. And then lastly, because I think it's least likely, but it's most intriguing about him is, can he be a pick and roll ball handler? I think right now the answer is probably no at an NBA level, but he has the skill set. Again, that requires two things. The footwork, which I talked about, which again, there are times when he shows an incredible, um, you know, that he has the, the, that he's worked on the footwork at, at, at pick and roll. But it's not something that comes second nature to him. If you think about like a Chris Paul, he's not thinking about, oh, the defender's here. I need to step with my right, gather one, two, and do this. He's not thinking about it. Those things come natural because he's done so many reps. Peyton hasn't, doesn't have the game reps yet to translate the things he works on in practice. So over the course of the season, if he can become a better pick and roll creator to where that's a viable option for the second unit, where he is actually creating offense and the team coming out of a timeout, maybe they call Peyton Watson pick and roll. And that that's like their best option and out of a timeout to try to generate a good look. That would be a breakout year for him. And it would change the Nuggets' trajectory next season. It would elevate their floor and their ceiling if he can get there. But again, it's fourth most likely. So transition, and cutting, to me, those have to happen. Spot-up shooting and ball handling in the pick-and-roll, those things, if they happen, really elevate them to a new level. But let's get to the real reason he could be an impact player, and that's that he can be an impact team defender. I want to start with team defender because, number one, there's do you make big plays, and then there's do you make mistakes. For me, he makes big plays, but he also makes mistakes, and that's where he could go either way in terms of being a team team defender. He got beat off the dribble in summer league by Marjan Bocamp. Bocamp. Um, that's below the caliber of player he's likely to be matched up with frequently. But at the same time, he also had games with three blocks, three steals, like major, major impact. So for me, limiting the mistakes he makes as a team defender, especially as the course of the season goes on, think about Christian Brown. As good as he was, even he made some mistakes. But if he can get to Christian Brown's level of understanding team rotations and defense and different things by the end of the year – He's a playoff player every single game, but we know he's going to be a major impact team defender. And to me, this is what Bruce Brown was at the guard spot. I don't think Bruce was a shutdown one-on-one -on -one player, but he made plays. He made block. He blocked Kevin Durant. He got steals. He just created things that changed the complexion of the game. To me, Peyton Watson represents. He has the potential to be a significantly better player um, than Bruce at this one skill, disrupting things through team defense. But I think more importantly, he does them from a different spot and a spot that's much more valuable, especially to the Nuggets. The wing spot, if you look at the NBA, the teams that win have lots of wings. That's what Peyton, why Peyton represents something Denver has not had. They've had Michael Porter, and that's it. And we see the numbers show Michael Porter is such an impact defensive player, despite the fact that he doesn't necessarily look like one. 
But because he's a wing, he's able to guard multiple positions, use his length, and muck up team defense just by his sheer size. Peyton represents similar measurables, but actually has that disruptive, um, you know, defensive impact right out of the package. So for me, being Bruce, but in a different position in the wing spot is even more valuable. And the Nuggets don't have that mold of player outside of Justin Holiday. Like Michael Porter's more the offensive player who does that. Christian Brown's 6'7", but he's still playing more guard. Peyton Watson represents a new type of player that can have an impact on some of the key players that Denver has struggled with, including in the playoffs. I'll get to that in a second. But so being that wing player and providing rim protection, Christian Brown, really good at containment. Um, guys like Jalen Pickett, for example, can be good at containment. Zeke Naji, Vlaco Chancha are good. But none of those guys are rim protectors. I think you can get rim protection from the wing, and he represents that guy. And that's actually one of his most encouraging skills is that he rotates really well and contests things that he has no business contesting. I saw this even in the college footage. As little as he played, he still made so many plays where he like stole an inbound pass because he's so long and just so quick off the blocks, gets his hand and disrupts a lot of things. And even in summer league, there's a lot of blocks he gets on jump shots where guys just didn't expect him to cover the ground that he did. That can be rim protection out on the perimeter. So for me, that's why it's so valuable for him. Um, and then again, just the different body type, like Denver doesn't have that body type. I think he can close games this year. If he does all those things, we said a breakout year, he probably closes five to 10 games next year. Some of that through injury, you know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe KCP's out, maybe Michael Porter's out, maybe Aaron Gordon's out. Or maybe it's just through matchups. Like he's having a great fourth quarter. He's guarding somebody that Denver needed him to guard, a Kevin Durant or somebody like that. And Michael Malone says, you know what? We're closing with him instead of MPJ or instead of KCP or whatever. We're going with him because he's having a good game and we need somebody to do that. It wouldn't be a lot of games, but just a handful of games throughout the season where you say, you know what? That's an option for us because he's a type of player we don't have any other thing for and we need him there. And then of course, you know, Denver did – the guys that Denver didn't guard well in the playoffs, Devin Booker um, is probably at the top of that list. And you think about what bothers players like him. Well, Devin Booker gets to his shot and then, like, just elevates and shoots a smooth jumper because he's tall. He gets he has great footwork, great – you know, everything, gets guys off balance and creates just enough separation. Peyton Watson represents a type of defender Denver has that they did not have last year that you can at least try on that type of player. Can you throw him out there and say, hey, disrupt him with your length, challenge him? And Denver won in six games. In the four games they won, they won comfortably against uh, Phoenix. But what could they have done if Devin Booker didn't have a great series? What if Denver Booker merely had an average series or slightly above average? That's probably an easy sweep. So that represents what a breakout year for Peyton Watson can be, as if he can be that type of player that just Denver has KCP guards a lot of types, Christian Brown guards a lot of types. You've got Zeke Naji, Aaron Gordon guards a lot of types. Peyton Watson guards a different type of player than all those guys, and that just gives the Nuggets a different tool in their tool belt, and that's what a breakout year would look like for him. Let's take a break. On the other side, we're going to wrap up by talking about Christian Brown. Does he have a breakout potential in him? And what would that mean for him personally? All right, back here, Locked on Nuggets, final segment, talking about Christian Brown. Um, first of all, 
he plays this season. The number one thing that would be different for him is that he plays 25 minutes a game in 30 different games. 25. That's basically starters minutes, maybe just a hair below. But why do I have that number there? Well, it's kind of like Bruce Brown, right? Bruce Brown's ability to play not just regular bench minutes, but every now and then starters minutes. And that's how you get to 25 is that he's always playing 20, but sometimes he's also playing 30. And it comes into, you know, somewhere around that 25 mark. Um, but actually a little bit below that, but again, 25 minutes in 30 games, because you really have to think this year about saving Jamal Murray, KCP, and MPJ in particular. You need somebody that allows those guys to play fewer minutes by just a, by a certain amount, because again, Denver wants to be a June team for the next several seasons. So it's not just about this year coming off the heels of a very long season, going all the way to the finals and winning it last year. But now going forward, how do we keep these guys so that the minute totals are low? You need a guy that every now and then can play starters minutes. Roughly once out of every three games, he plays starter minutes, and he allows those other guys to play two or three minutes less. So I think he needs to be a guy that's capable of playing that, again, 30 times a year. I think he needs to probably play more minutes alongside Jokic this year. Michael Malone loves the Jamal Murray stagger. I don't necessarily love it as much as he does, and I do think there's other guys that could probably go there. But if Murray staggers, you start to look at and say, who's the player that you would put in for him? To me, it's easily Christian Brown because, one, you have KCP already there. You have Christian Brown. That's an elite defensive backcourt. It's probably the best defensive backcourt Denver can assemble. You got Michael Porter and Aaron Gordon. So you still have Michael Porter stretching the court. You have KCP stretching the court. Aaron Gordon defending and Christian Brown defending and then Jokic. That might be Denver's best lineup in terms of plus minus because you'd be going against other staggered lineups. You still have Jokic on the court. And Christian Brown playing next to Jokic, we think he has the skill set to really excel, but the minutes weren't there this year for him to for us to really know. I think the more he plays with Jokic, the more he's going to learn little, you know, they're going to get a little two-man chemistry going where it's like, oh, we always know in this action when the defense is here, we always go to this and we'll see how he does. But let's go to the defensive level first. He had a 1.2 defensive uh, win shares last year, which is really high. That's higher than Drew Holiday's rookie season, higher than Alex Caruso's by a lot. So he already has shown that, at least in the advanced metrics, he's shown that he has like a foundation in there to be an elite defender. Not a good one, but an all-NBA caliber defender. Now, Caruso made that leap in year three. Drew Holiday made it in year two, where he went from like 0.8 to, I think, 1.8. Christian Brown going from a 1.2 defensive win shares what can he get up to? Can this be a year where he becomes an all-defense level one-on-one defender? That type of voting is usually a year behind. But Caruso, by year three, people were talking about him as like, no, that's one of the best defenders in the NBA on the perimeter. He hits a really good role-playing defensive guard. Christian Brown, I think, already has some of that buzz. But next year is the year where he can be Denver's best perimeter defender. I really believe that. Like KCP is the most consistent fundamentally sound and has the two way three and D thing. But Christian Brown at six foot seven with his strength, I think he has the chance to be Denver's best defensive option from the guard spot. And if he does that, that means he's probably close to or at an all defensive level um, season for him. That would be a breakout year. If Christian Brown was all defensive uh, caliber defender, where Denver would, first of all, would be closing probably more games than people think, because at the end of the game, you go to Jokic Murray two-man game, you're probably less worried about KCP, although KCP was great in the clutch last year. But you could go to him and say, yeah, but we need the length on so-and-so, and and he's a shutdown guy, and Denver's numbers look great with that combination of players. But then more importantly, 
I talked about having different types of defenders in your tool belt. As good as KCP is, his best skill to me is getting through screens. He's so good at navigating off-ball screens. Steph Curry's, I think those are uh, KCP-type players. Damian Lillard, KCP-type defender. But when you get to the Devin Bookers, Peyton Watson is obviously an option there, but Christian Brown, even to me, a more likely option at six foot seven, very disciplined. He's not going to fall for fakes. He's not going to foul. De'Aaron Fox, a quick guy, but again, tall. Shea Gilgis Alexander, tall. Anthony Edwards, tall and athletic and explosive. To me, there are certain types of players in the Western Conference that Christian Brown needs to be the best option for. And if you've gotten to a playoff series, there might be a series where he plays a lot less because there's other guys that are going to handle that. But there might be series, and almost certainly, if you go all the way back to the finals, almost certainly will be series where you need a bigger-bodied guy who can just bother with his physicality, can just bother some of these other guys. So Booker, Fox, Shea, Ant, and there's probably almost certainly a handful more. Um, I think he needs to shoot 37% from three. He was at 35.5% this year, so it's not a huge improvement. I do think he needs to up the volume. He made just two threes eight times last year. He had one game where he made three and he had seven games where he made two threes. He needs to be a guy that has, you want consistency, but guys who are good shooters and play heavy minutes, they just have games where they make five threes or six and Michael Porter caliber players where they make eight, nine, 10. He needs to be a guy that has just like four or five games next year where he makes four threes, something he's never done in his career yet, where he makes four or five threes, gets really hot and, um, you know, that wins you games. Like on just an off night where somebody else was off, you got four threes from Christian Brown that you didn't expect, and, and it really helped out. He needs to finish at the rim better. He shot 75% at the rim. He was at 71% last year. For reference, Bruce, who was really great at this last year, shot 80% at the rim. That's a huge outlier. Guys like Jamal Murray, Bones Highland was super low. Jamal Murray was at like 65%, which is low, but the volume for him is so high, so it's a little bit different. Low volume finishers at the rim, especially at six foot seven, he can get that up to 75%. He just needs to be a guy that when he gets to go into the basket, he's um, he is a real threat that teams have to like either collapse on or he's just punishing teams for being spread so thin and he gets to the rim and he finishes at a super high rate. And I think he can. As the year went on, we start to see more poster dunks and different things for him. I think you're one for any player. Peyton Watson talked about this, how last year – the difference between last year and this year at summer league was now he's more comfortable. Like he just knows what's expected, the rhythm of everything. I think for Christian Brown, we're going to see a lot of that next year too, where it's like, okay, I'm not looking over my shoulder constantly thinking his coach going to yank me, but also I just know what people want from me. I know what's expected. So I think that's a huge part of it for him. And a lot of that will help him, I think, to finish at the rim and to attack the rim even more, um, more aggressively and just apply pressure on closeouts. I mean, for me, because he's not an elite three-point shooter yet, and I don't expect him to be elite next year, you want guys to be afraid of your drive so that they close out shallow, and you know when a guy is off of you enough that you know you're going up with it. Like, he's not going to close out too hard because he's worried about my drive threat, which is well-scouted. I think Bruce Brown had a lot of this, where Bruce had that slow shot because he knew, oh, that guy's too far off of me. I can get into my shooting motion. And if a guy wasn't, he knew before he caught it, oh, that guy's too close. I'm going right around him. I think Christian Brown can have that same thing. And on as part of that, that means he needs to get to the line. He took just two free throw attempts per 36 minutes last year. That's really low. He can up that to about two and a half. But I think it needs to be an impactful part of his game. That second unit, again, transition, 
which he's a big part of. He's a great transition player, has a great motor, and getting stops is a big part of that. He gets stops. He team rebounds. So transition, uh, offensive rebounds, which he does a very good job of already, I think bringing that back next year and, and being an impact there. But getting to the line, that's how you win when you don't have a good sec, uh, half-court offense. Do those three things. I mean, think about Memphis as a team. They couldn't play in the half-court, but they did those three things at a ridiculous rate, and it made them a great starting unit. If Denver's bench unit can be a mini version of that, I think it, it really helped. And Christian Brown's a huge piece of all three of those things. Transition, getting to the line, offensive rebounding. His offensive tools that he needs to get. Does, like right now, would you say Christian Brown has a great offensive thing? I mean, I think you would think of cuts. So I put that number one. He just needs to be thought of. I would love it if next year we do a ranking of the best off-ball cutters on the Denver Nuggets roster. And he was near or at the top of that list. Because that would mean that he's really developed an identity of it. And the thing about cutting is, even when you don't get open, cutting often drags a defender and forces the defense to rotate. He needs to be a guy whose motor translates on cuts to where he's just mixing things up and it's opening things up for everybody else. Again, in transition, I would love for him, like Peyton, to be a, a transition monster. If we, we might even have to come up with a nickname for those two if they're punishing teams in transition because I just think they have the tools to do it. I think spot-up shooting is probably next. This is the area where he's not been consistent. But, again, pick a spot on the court. Get with the coaching staff. Where am I most likely to be receiving wide open and open three-point catch-and-shoot shots? Is it the wing? Is it the you know extended? Is it the corners? Figure it out. Pick your spots and just become deadly from there. Get it on the scouting report. Don't let him catch on the wings. He's a great shooter from the wings, whatever it is. Handoffs and pick-and-roll ball handling, to me, are the two things that are – Again, important and would really represent a breakout for him, but I just don't expect. Let's start with pick and roll ball handling. He averages 0.47 points per possession last year. I'm very low volume, super, super low volume. But that was by far the worst mark on the team. I mean, that was 0.47 points per possession means don't ever do that again. Now it's the off season. You work on it. You figure out where it is that your spots are, and then you get better. But right now he is a don't let him attack off of pick and roll type player. Can he get to where he can just keep the offense flowing where he's not making dynamic reads, but like Peyton, teams are going to go under him. Can he get the footwork perfect? So he knows exactly how to punish it. Gary Harris did this early on in his career and his game went to another level. Can he make basic pick and roll reads? Now they're uh, to me, you could almost break it down. If you were training him, you could almost break it down two ways. There are actually four ways from the left side, going right from the left side, going left and then vice versa on the opposite, on the opposite side. And then everything, Defender goes under the screen. Defender chases me around the screen. Defender switches. Come up with your reads. What are my go-to reads in this? Read number one, they go under. I jab step, catch, shoot from behind the screener, behind Jokic on the handoff, knock it down. Defender goes under. I pull the defender up and then reverse scream and turn the dribble handoff into a pick and roll going the other direction. You'd work on that. They chase you. You attack downhill to the basket, throw the ball out. Usually it's inside hand, throw the ball, get all the way to the rim, throw the ball out, stop, pocket pass, throw the ball out, pull up jumper from the mid-range. Like he just needs to add. It's not like he needs to add everything. Like Jamal Murray has 50 reads he can make on each of those. But you can just add one or two reads that's like, hey, it keeps the offense going. And a player like Jokic knows. I mean, this is how actually uh, KCP handles dribble handoffs. If you think about – the dribble handoff in the corner, a little pin down that they like to run for him. He almost always is thinking, get to the elbow, the foul line, the elbow, and elevate for a jumper because he loves that shot. 
And then when teams do other things, he knows like, okay, now they're going under the screen. I'm going to step back to the three-point line and shoot it. Christian Brown can just simplify his game to be like, these are the five things I do when I'm receiving the dribble handoff. And if he can do that, he doesn't have to be great. He just has to be an option to keep the ball moving in a way that he doesn't turn it over. If all three of those players do those things, Zeke, Najee, Peyton, and Christian, to me, Denver's odds of repeating are through the roof because Denver's biggest shot right uh, question mark right now is their bench unit without Jokic. And also, do they have a sixth player that can play with Jokic? All of those guys, those skill sets I talked about would fit alongside like, hey, we need an extra defender. They're all defensive players. Replace KCP, replace uh, Michael Porter. And now we have an extra defender who's not an offensive liability. And that gives you what Bruce Brown did. That's what Bruce Brown was last year. A great defensive player, a very good team defender who made things happen, who on offense was not a liability. In fact, on games, he was an incredible offensive player. So all three of those guys can represent a breakout by doing those things. And when you break them down skill by skill, it's really not that much. It's not like saying you need to get Peyton Watson to be a 40% three-point shooter. You need him to be able to initiate offense you know, as a primary or any of that. Just break your game down into these little segments. That would represent a, a, a breakout year for him. And I think it'd be huge for the Nuggets. That does it for today, guys. I'm back again tomorrow with another episode. Hit that like button. We'll see you then. Thank <laughs> you.